Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gobert hangs to the angle. That's 13 in the second half. Bogdanovich bullets it down low. Rudy's wide open at the rim for a dunk. Jokic left him. Assist. Boyan Bogdanovich, 111-106. We're in five minutes to play. It's clutch time. It's Jokic time. The best clutch player in the NBA got it stolen by Clarkson. Clarkson to the front court. Composo back. Clarkson, underhand scoop. Boyan, right side three. Oh, my goodness gracious. Boyan Bogdanovich. Holy cow. You are something else tonight. 46 points. Eight three-pointers. 114-106. He's elevating. He's levitating. He's absolutely fabulous. Timeout. 114-106. It's boy on time on the Jazz Radio Network. That was a great game. Crowd still chanting bogey. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> and... Might I add, he is now the NBA Player of the Week. That uh, crumb coming across the old wire. Boyan Bogdanovich, Western Conference, excuse me, Player of the Week for About Monday, May 3rd through Sunday, May 9th, including that performance against the Nuggets. About time. But, uh, that he's come around. <laughs> I'm so happy that's Just the kidding. way he went. Yeah. That's really it, funny, actually. It hasn't been the easiest year for him. No, it, and he's he's on top of his game. And, and maybe this is a good place to start, Gordon. I, I don't think... There's anything, you know, nobody wants to see Donovan Mitchell miss games. Nobody wants to see Mike Conley miss games. There's, there's, I'm not saying that this is better than that. But one byproduct of those two missing this stretch might be getting other guys going, yeah. getting into the playoffs. And, you know, Donovan, we can talk about him coming back, and, and my, that might be a little bit difficult. But, you know, if, if the team's really firing, you, you, in theory anyway, plug those guys back in and you give yourself the best chance maybe to make a run in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Joe, we're talking about Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, uh, getting clicked in and getting there. And Jordan Clarkson, throw him in there too and being playing at their best going into the playoffs. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, and I'm not sure that Clarkson is playing at his best, but uh, what was he against Denver, 6-20 of 20 or something like that? But he's still firing away. Somebody's got to shoot, Gordon. Because he's a hooper. <laughs> he is a hooper. And he should get out there and fire away. Oh, uh, well, look. I they mean, won five in a row. We know that the Jazz are structured such that uh, players need to shoot, whether they make them or not. That's just the way it is. Although his his uh, shot selection sometimes is somewhat questionable. But that's just me because I'm an efficiency snob. Well, and, and you think he's a bit of a ball hog. But Quinn <laughs> Snyder doesn't, and I'm siding with Quinn. Yeah, well, probably a good idea. Well, honestly, you missing Mike Conley, missing a Donovan Mitchell. You know, you'd rather have Jordan Clarkson shooting than Jawan Howard. Do you think that uh, in, in or Jawan Howard, Jawan Morgan, in trying to uh, to get uh, yeah, he's not coaching. Yeah, he's sorry, <laughs> that was an interesting slip. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, in 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 trying to preserve the health of Donovan Mitchell, look, I have no idea whether Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell can play. I they're healing, whatever. And uh, but do you think the Jazz run the risk of wearing out the guys who are available under these scenarios? Well, certainly, I guess run the risk. Sure, I mean, hope not because they are leaning on these guys pretty. Yeah. Pretty. They're going to have a week off though before the playoffs. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be useful, uh, I think, on a lot of levels. I mean, especially if if Donovan and Mike Conley are not 
100% and right. You give them another week before the playoffs to get that way, get treatment and all that. That, well, that could be a bit of an advantage. All I can tell you is if Donovan and Mike Conley come back and they play at the level that uh, of which we've sort of come to expect out of them, and Bogdanovich plays like this, uh, and, and not to mention some of the other guys. I mean, against Denver, Niang was 5 of 10. What was he, 3 of 6 from 3? I mean, that this is... Uh, that's the kind of firepower they were missing last year when the Jazz faced the Nuggets in the playoff. Uh, so. Niang was good against the Rockets, too, 6 yeah. of 8 from 3. So he continued, ties his career high uh, with 24, which I think is the third time he's done it this year. Memory serves. Get over that 24, George. One more bucket, buddy. Well, that's, you know, when you get 24 from George Niang, and he has shot the bell so much better, it's, uh, yeah, th- this is... This your point. Your original point there, I think, was to get everybody sort of rowing in the right direction, in a positive direction. And uh, if the Jazz can do that, then obviously we know what their goal is. So, and that play, that game against the Nuggets felt like a playoff game. Well, the atmosphere seemed seemed yeah. really amazing. I wasn't here that night, obviously, but uh, it was it fun. Seemed... It was fun to watch. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like it was really, really, uh, really, really great. So now, uh, you know, and give those players credit because the, the Jazz have all but sealed up the Western Conference minus their two out of their three All-Stars, which I think is extremely impressive. They won five consecutive games, and I know that Rockets team wasn't a ton to write home about, but it was their 50th win mm-hmm. in a game that's only going to have uh, uh, 72. They've gotten to 50. That's I mean that's something to write home about right there. That's yeah. pretty. That's this is a pretty special year, regardless. And I know we get so focused on playoffs, and it would be a huge disappointment if they didn't, you know, do some damage in the Western Conference. But I mean, take a step back at and look at it. You know, fifty win seasons are tough to get in a normal year. What the Jazz are doing is setting the table, and that's what great teams do. Uh, and uh, this is something that I went back and looked at, and teams that usually win championships. Finish first or second in their conference, you know, and the Jazz have set the table now, or setting the table. They still have a little work to do here, but Phoenix is sort of helping them a little bit of late. Well, Phoenix is spending a lot of energy down the stretch, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that because Chris Paul is a really, really high energy player as as we've seen throughout the years. And remember, his health has given way in the playoffs uh, before. And so they're they're having to play really hard at the end of the year, and now they're you know there's some bumps some bumps in the road. So we'll see what happens with Phoenix. I know a lot of people don't think winning the West is all that important, but I do. I think it is for this team, and that might not always be the case with established teams who are like defending champs. For for what reason though? What, because why? because I, I I think it's more than ceremonial. I think it's symbolic of the the of the build that this team has been experiencing all year long. You saw the disappointment last year in the Jazz after they dropped that 3-1 lead against the Nuggets, who were favored, by the way. We forget that. But then they dropped that lead and they dropped the series. They're eliminated. They're bounced. Extreme disappointment. Extreme disappointment. And that was in the face of a pandemic. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. But the Jazz set their jaw and they made a couple moves that was helpful for them. And some of the players came back, and they, they put this together, and they sort of backed up what they said they wanted to do. And, and they did it in a way that was rather dramatic this year. I, I didn't pick the Jazz to win the West. 
No, I didn't either. The the two reasons that I can really think of that it's important for them to win the West. One, confidence and, and feel like you're playing your best going into the playoffs, which of course is is you, you know not material. That's uh, uh, psychological. But two, stay on the opposite side of the bracket of the Clippers. Yeah, there's some, that, there's, that's, pragma, there's pragmatism. To that it. that is what because I know that the Clippers are six and four in their last ten, and they've had their their struggles. But I I still think they're the best team in the Western Conference. And I know you disagree because you think a healthy Lakers team is better. I'm not so sure. Well, so I, I'm not so sure anymore either. To tell you the truth. Well, and who knows if the Lakers are going to be healthy yeah. again? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Um, but I still think the the Clippers are the best team in the Western Conference. And if you could put off facing them until the the Western Conference Finals, I think that would uh, be ideal because you never know. Um, and then you, you know. You, who do you, who do you want in the second round, right? It, you know, I'll take what? Who would it be? Uh, you, you're taking Denver or Dallas in the second round over the Clippers, 100. Hmm. percent And we'll see what happens in the play-in scenario. We could uh, see the Jazz play this this very Warriors team uh, in the first round. That's certainly uh, a possibility. And if that were to be the case, then you would think the Lakers would be in the seventh seed. And if you are really worried about LeBron, you don't get LeBron either. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that could be really Although, advantageous if they hold I, on to the one seed and avoid those yeah. teams. I hear what you're saying on that, but I, I'm, I don't – I'm, I, this isn't dodgeball, you know? I mean, I, I think if the Jazz adopt an attitude of we're the best team in the West, we're going to take on all comers, don't worry so much about the maneuvering or who you're going to play. Uh, I, I like your first point, and the second point is truthful, but – It'd be well, helpful thing, for the Jazz not to think that way. Well, the thing about the maneuvering is, is uh, you, it, the way we gauge a successful season is skewed. Like uh, I know you wrote a column uh, about um, the best teams in Jazz history, and uh, we all look at that um, Western Conference Finals team with Darren and Booz as the the kind of best of that run. I don't think that's true. Well, I don't they, think that that was the best Darren Boozer memo uh, year, except they got Golden State in the second round because Don Nelson fluked out a series against his <laughs> old team and the Jazz got an easy second-round opponent. So so in that case, the path really matters. And they get to the Western Conference Finals, yeah. and we say, wow, what a run for the Jazz because it's great to go to the Western Conference Finals. But... Was that the best Booze Williams Mehmet team? I don't think so. Well, it, might, won, it might not even been the second best Booze. They won 51 games that year, and subsequent years they won 53 and I think 54, something along those lines. But, but Darren got a lot better. That was Darren's second year? Was it? Yeah, he got a lot better. Well, I, I still I, I put a lot of credence in the in the uh, second season as it is. But and, but in that it, case, the matchup in the path really made a difference. Yeah, but the Warriors were good enough to win the first round. Mm. Would they have been against any other team in well, the playoffs? Probably I, you know, not. I don't know. You can, you can look at it that way, but that Mavericks team with with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, I know, was a lot better than that Warriors team. Well, then why did the Warriors win? Don Nelson is coaching against his former team. They got hot at the right time. Oh, oh we're not waiting. We, we go. can't go they back got down. Hot at the right time. Here you actually go. want to argue that the eighth seed that year was actually no, better no, than the first. No, seed. I'm not saying it, but I said, look, when you, it's not just winning; it's when you win. But see, I think that's why it's important for the Jazz to win in the regular season too, because I, the convincing nature. 
especially of an of an emerging team to otherwise guys like you are going to say ah they just kind of got lucky at the right time or they got hot at the right time it's important for a team to prove uh, from start to finish that they really are the best team and that's why it's important for the Jazz to win the regular season in the West and and they have the best record in the NBA right now that says something it, it doesn't say everything but it says something uh, and and now they have they're creating for themselves an opportunity to go a, a sort of a double-barreled uh, punch, you know? It's kind of like, boom, we won the regular season. Boom, we're beating you in the playoffs. Uh, guys like Shaq, shut up now, you know? We're proving it. We're showing it to you. This is no fluke. So, anyway, I do think it creates more pressure for them in the postseason, but that pressure's already on them because they feel it, it's stirred from within themselves. All right, coming up next, we I've got a, any number of kind of peripheral things that I need to run by you because we haven't done a show together for a while. So uh, NFL Draft, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Bob Baffert over the, oh the weekend, the, the whitest head of hair in sports. Uh, it's controversial. So we will talk a lot of jazz basketball, obviously, but I do have a bunch of stuff I want to run by you. So much for cheaters never winning. Well. I always felt like this guy was, not to ruin the tease or anything, but uh, this guy was kind of the Lance Armstrong of horse racing. <laughs> he, but he you know what I mean? Saying, we'll talk about it. But he keeps saying, hey, I had nothing to do with this. Okay, Somebody he, else is, uh, you know, somebody else must be in play here. Well, he came up with an all-time excuse, which, <laughs> fact, let's get to that next. Because this is right up there. Uh, with the, the meth lab excuse from, from down in Provo. I can't wait for Yesterday, I got a call from uh, Jimmy Barnes. I was headed to the airport. Uh, I got some horrible news. He said he had some horrible news for me that he'd just been uh, been served by the Kentucky Race Commission that uh, Medina Spirit, our derby horse, had been tested positive for 21 picograms of betamethasone. All I can tell you is that betamethasone, even though it's an allowed drug, therapy medication. I, we did not give it. I, my veterinarian, nobody here. We, we, that matter of fact, Medina Spirit has never been treated with beta-methasone. I cannot believe that I'm here before you guys. I never thought I'd be here. Yesterday, I got the biggest gut punch in racing for something that I didn't do. It, it's disturbing. It's an injustice to the horse. <laughs> All right, band of the day today is Jefferson Airplane, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. That was Bob Baffert, uh, notorious horse trainer, Gordon. Uh, he trained a Medina Spirit who won the Kentucky Derby, but uh, not so fast, as they say. Uh, <laughs> you heard Bob talking about what they found in the horse's system, and uh, that uh, horse is the champion no longer, which is kind of like... Stripping a national championship from a college football team. Does it really matter? You know, nobody's given back their bets or anything. But uh, anywho, Gordon, it is it has been uh, controversial over the weekend, to say the least. It has, and uh, many groups, animal rights groups and whatnot, are pretty upset about it, that this kind of thing goes on. But Bob is looking around going, hey, I'm the innocent one here. You know, no matter that he's had other horses that have also run afoul. 
<laughs> this guy has bad luck. Even though he wins a lot, he's like Austin. He wins a lot, but he, he has bad luck. It's just people or random things happen that get him in trouble. Uh, okay, so you ready for his excuse or at least a, a theory he's thrown out does there? Does he think someone snuck in there or somebody uh, messed up the, the test? Or does he think somebody snuck into the barn? Because aren't the barns, aren't these horses like guarded uh, 24-7 with uh with video cameras and personnel and all that? Uh, well, this 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 person was supposed to be with a horse, according to... Uh, Baffert says one test issue was created by a groom urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine. The horse ate some of the hay. Oh, <laughs> had had a had a groom it was he was a little under the weather he was taking some day quill you know and he had to pee so he peed right there where the hey, horse eats. He can because, walk across the, the yard and go to the restroom, or he could just pee right there. Yeah, Come and, on. And, and this is, what would he, you do? He's going to pee right there where a billion-dollar horse happens to be feeding. Yeah, that sounds like uh, a, a believable idea. So, anyway. Was, I mean, this horse is, is, like, is like a freaking king. You're going to pee in his food? Apparently, I mean, it sounds like something that probably happens all the time. And you just... Why should you go to jail for a crime someone else noticed? <laughs> yeah, Bob. You need to hire Bob Loblaw. I mean, really, this is concerning to me because, you know, I like integrity in sports. Uh, when competition gets all messed up by people who are cheating. And it's just like, Bob, this, this happens to Bob. This happens to Bob. You know, and he just happens to be winning a bunch. But doggone it, it happens to him over and over and over. He well, had a horse, didn't he? Just didn't he just fight through with Arkansas? You know, the folks down there with another horse he had. I mean, it's just yeah, bad luck. He's had twenty six horses test positive for something in the last nine months. Twenty six. Hmm. See, here's here's it's a whole lot of peeing. That's Honest, a lot of cough medicine. <laughs> honestly, here's the problem is that the, the upside is so very high and the downside is basically non-existent. It, it's the issue with, with this sort of cheating across sports is just that why not do it? Because you're going to put millions into the bank. And even if you do get caught, the, the, the downside is next to nothing. I mean, look at college basketball where you get like a show cause penalty from the NCAA. Oh, please stop. Oh, are you suggesting that cheated, cheaters win? That's the way to go. I'm suggesting that maybe they wouldn't be so willing to cheat if the the downside was a little bit more significant, like a lifetime ban. Well, I mean, there's a reason that uh, that gambling inside sports is basically non-existent because the downside is just not worth it, right? Not not worth it. Okay, so here's the thing. You know, I've, I've heard apologists say, why would Bob Baffert be cheating? He's already a Hall of Famer, you know. Why, why would he put all that at risk? Well, you're the one who just estimated his horse worth at a billion dollars. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think the, the conversation can stop and end there, right? Well, it's not his horse. He trains it, but, yeah. you know, he's, he's benefiting from said horse. As I was reading through this information, I'm trying to sort of play judge and be real objective about it. But 
I, and, and all these things were going through my mind, like some sort of conspiracy. Somebody has it in for Bob. Somebody's trying to hurt his reputation. But I, I, I just don't. I think these horses are so well protected. It, it doesn't make sense to me, all these excuses. Well, it's just because it's that's exactly what it is. It's excuses. It's it's dodging. Is there any any conceivable way he could be innocent? In your mind. Well, sure. I'm not there on the ground. I don't know. But it doesn't look good, I'll tell you that. And if it, and if he's not innocent, I mean, find a punishment that's going to make sure he uh, is innocent next time. Like, uh, <laughs> well, Maybe I, there shouldn't be a next time. I read in a Larry McMurtry book that uh, the, this one uh, character got his uh, eyelids slipped off or uh, cut off. Ow! So he had to have his eyes open. All Top the, and bottom? All or? the time. Uh, yeah. So wow. basically, you know, to drive him insane or whatever, because you, you, wait, you, you wait, think wait, if wait, the downside of, of fixing a horse race would be uh, losing your eyelids, you think he's going to do that? I don't. Are you suggesting that, Bob, somebody take a knife to him? Well, I mean, it could be a scalpel. I don't really care. <laughs> Use a laser. Yeah, you can do it matter. professionally. Yeah, it doesn't have to be so gruesome. Get our friends at Davis Vision to help out. <laughs> and then well, how many trainers in the future would be willing to run that risk? Probably not very many. See, see my problem with this whole thing beyond the competitive <laughs> lack of integrity. Uh, what about the horses? Ah, they're fine. <laughs> uh, that horse is going to be put out to stud regardless. That, uh, that horse is going to be doing nothing but mating for the rest of its life. <laughs> the horse is fine. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What's the latest? Is the horse going to run in the Preakness because it's entered? Uh, the, the horse is not speaking. <laughs> Get Mr. Ed in here. We need interpretation. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up. <laughs> Half our listeners go up. Mr. Who? 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.